why I do what I do? Honestly, I guess, it, you know, I guess I'd have to kind of go a little bit back. Being an entrepreneur in general, like I like freedom, like the freedom to do what I want to do when I want to do it, what makes me happy, um, what wakes me up in the morning. Like that's like, that's what I want, you know, and, and freedom doesn't equal money. All right. You know, it's like I always like to like clarify that, like being an entrepreneur, like I don't need millions of dollars. Like I just want to be able to like, man, I want to go to Belize today. Like, you know, like, you know, and like just go to be able to work on leather on an island somewhere or just be able to just go hang out and then you know spend like i said i can get lost in my studio for 12 hours doing leather work and like literally not eat and lose all track of time mm -hmm. um and so it's just like because i'm passionate about crafting i'm passionate about designing um i'm passionate about having that freedom to do those things that wake me up in the morning that i'm excited about um you know so like just having that freedom like okay. That's the biggest thing for me. Why, why I do what I do is having the freedom to be able to explore my passions. Welcome to Scotch Parlor. I'm Rick Scotch, your host of the Scotch Parlor podcast, where we capture lifestyles and share stories of inspiring people that bring motivation, knowledge, and entertainment to our community. Life is good. Let's get started. Today I have Mr. Tori Mosley, who is the founder of Story Dry Goods Co. I want to thank you for your time and your story today, Tori. Truly appreciate that. But before I pass it on to you and your introduction, let me give everyone a little bit more background on you and your business. Tori is originally from North Carolina, lived in Atlanta. He is now living in the Bay Area as of January of this year. Is that correct? Correct. correct. All right. And uh, he actually he came to the Bay Area ready to go after his vision, which is Story Dry Goods Co. It's a handcrafted leather company. Company. He makes leather wallets, keychains, camera straps, belts, and just recently started doing iWatch bands, which is freaking awesome. I just love his tagline, tell your story, and that story with the I, not with the Y. And the cool thing is what I connected from just looking at his website and the vision of the company. It's Leather has a very long-lasting history. It'll last for a long time. And with that, you connect stories, you know, the wear and tear of life. So it's, it's, it's an awesome awesome tagline tell your story and i'm super pumped to have you here and uh, i will appreciate pass it. it on to you for your introduction buddy. appreciate it yeah man. just so originally from winston-salem north carolina and then moved to you know did school there in north carolina and then moved to atlanta georgia for about three years and you know always had this dream of making it out to california specifically the bay you know this is even before i even moved to california or even saw california i just had this vision i was like i want to be in the bay i saw pictures of it you know i heard the music the vibes like yeah that's where i want to be and finally made it out here about two years ago and i as soon as i remember driving in and seeing the skyline of the city and as soon as i saw it i was like it just felt right uh -uh. i can't and i can't explain that any better it just felt right and you know, explored the city for a couple, um, for probably about a week or so, and then you know, a couple of years later, made it happen and made a move That's out awesome. here, man. And so I've been out here since January. It's been amazing, man. I love, I love the people, love the atmosphere, the vibes here. The weather's amazing. Uh, I'm used to hot and humid, so uh, 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 <laughs> it's nice to have a little cooler <laughs> over here. But yeah, man. So just been an entrepreneur since probably 15 or 16, and it's. And this has been a passion of mine. I've never connected it with something like this before. And it's just, I get lost in it. That's like awesome. It. That's well, that, okay. So then what was your, you said about at 15, you started maybe your first business or. Yeah. What? Yeah. So, um, it's funny. Uh, I remember 15, I was, uh, 
he said, I got my first part-time job to work at a, I was a bagel boy at 15 uh-huh, and, uh, uh-huh. and then did that for about a year and then got my first job at finish line, a shoe store. Okay. And then I started learning about the whole like sneakers and reselling sneakers and stuff. And then started doing that, started flipping shoes, um, you know, make a few hundred dollars on the weekend yeah. and go right back to work. Um, and I was doing that for a while. And then I started building that into an actual company. Okay. Um, where I was like doing this consistently, building customers, learning supply and demand, you know, and learning how to build relationships. And this was at 16, 17 and looking at the time, I didn't really think much of it, but I had other people who were, you know, 20, 30 years of, you know, ahead of me. And they're like, you, you're doing something really incredible. Um, but at the time, you know, for me, it was just, oh, I'm just making some money. So yeah, 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 yeah. But looking back on it, I was like, there's a lot of the lessons that I learned just doing that. Uh, a lot of a lot of times I fell on my face and a lot of success I had that I still apply to today and it helps me a lot with business. Yeah. So I did that for a while. I took that money and actually converted that into a, a men's apparel company called Validity. Okay. So I did designing and sourcing um, for Validity where I would, you know, we had a company, a factory that would mill all of our materials for us. So I could have all the, you know, I could have this percentage of polyester, this percentage of, you know, elastic, this percentage of cotton, have all that made. And then we'd have factories in North Carolina actually make the product. Um, so I actually converted the sneaker sales money into that. That's cool. And then when I, when I got into that side of things, that's when like the other side of my brain really start picking up. Like I realized how creative I could be and how passionate I was for fashion and uh-huh. just design. And there's something incredible there's something really special about taking an idea that only that, that you have and you, you can try to explain it to people all day long but no one really gets it and then you finally make a product you make something tangible and you give it to someone or you let someone see it or you sell it to someone and then that you can see the light in their eyes and you can see them like oh wow i get it now and it's like yes this is what i was trying to explain to you but yeah it's just it's just like it's so amazing when you finally get that done it's so gratifying so self-gratifying it's um you know it's amazing when that product that you've made is also give joy to other people. For sure, well. for sure. So that's just so that's kind of where it started. Okay, um, okay. Like the, my first entrepreneurial. See, that's that's the thing about being a you know the entrepreneur and the creative aspect, right? It's 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 creating something that didn't exist yesterday and it exists today, and I that I love that. It's it's a it's a it's a high. <laughs> it is. It is. It is very much it's a high. Definitely a high. So you know, even before we go deeper into your current business. Let's have my fun questions come up first. All right. Okay, so, so with that fun word, what do you do for fun? Um, so it depends on what you define as fun because I have my fun is probably different than other people's fun. Uh, working. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I do triathlons. Oh wow! Okay. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, some people, some people don't. Some people say, think that's punishment. Uh-huh. Sometimes it probably feels that way. Uh-huh. But uh, I've done a half Ironman. I'm training for another half Ironman to do one out here. All right. Uh, I'm part of one of the triathlon groups out here, so I train for that. Um, I've run. I've run the New York Marathon. Um, so I do a run a marathon. So uh-huh. And so yeah, that's that's what I do for fun outside of just. And then we just did, I mean, the beta breakers, did you? Did so I actually didn't, yesterday okay. I was all, I was working all day. Okay, so okay, I didn't, okay. Do, I didn't do the beta breakers. Um, yeah, I had some friends who were going out there, not to run it, but just to go drink. Yeah, 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 right, the party. Um, but no, I was, um, no, I was getting work done for stories. Okay, okay, okay. Done, so no. All right, all right. But yeah. All right, and then uh, name something you love and why. Probably just said that too. Something I love and why. Um, you know, I'm going to have to be generic, you know, cause leather, 
Honestly, it's just, cool. you know, I know it's like so cliche because that's what we're talking about. But, but no, that's, that's know, awesome. It's, 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 it's awesome because if you think about something that has transcend uh, as like um, that is that's been timeless in the sense that if you go back in fashion, we think linen linen was in at one point in time, you know, parachute pants were in at one point in time, you know, just all these different mediums, um, so to speak, that were in at one particular time. Go back hundreds of years. Leather has never faded out. Huh. It's just it may be used in different aspects in different places, but leather has never faded out. It's mm. always been like the upper epsilon of whatever it is. So it's like a you know you can have this kind of case, but then when you have a leather case, it's like oh wow, you could have a you know a uh, you know a book bag that's you know it's nylon or something that's cool, but if it was leather, that'd be just like wow. And so it's always been that like material that people usually seek at, that seek out you know it always has that wow factor to it uh-huh. so leather is something i absolutely love and it you know it, again it does tell a story you know yeah. when you have really genuine leather high quality leather it you know it's always it always looks good day one but that's not what people are really looking at they're thinking man this is going to look good in 3 years in uh-huh. 4 years in 5 years it's like you know and that's what i base my designs off of you know even when i'm looking at we points in the design when i'm looking at where it may wear i'm always thinking of how would this design look in five years and 10 years versus how good is it going to look for the customer today yeah Um, because i don't make things for seasons i don't make you know there's different brands who make things you know different patones and different Mm -hmm. uh, bags for a particular season and my and my thing is I, I plan on you wearing this for the next five or ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the way of my mindset. And goes. that's how you base your designs on yeah. that. Okay, okay. Well, so then let's talk about the business. As far as what, how did a story? So basically, um, kind of picking up where I while I was with the entrepreneur. So validity was going, and a thing that a lot of people don't understand about fashion is. When you're doing fashion, you need to be able to plan, you know, 12 to 8 months, 18 months in advance. So like right now, all the fashion houses have already finished 2020. Okay. Like, and they're oh, going wow, okay. into 21 and uh, 2021 right now. All the big fashion, they, they, that's already done. Hmm. So you need to be able to have the money to finish to get those samples and everything done. So like a sample run for us on like, you know, a size run of, you know, small through double XL, you have to get your pattern and you have to get it graded. So you have to go from, it has to be graded from size to size to size um, and get those samples in. All that stuff can cost thousands of dollars for one piece. Like the jacket you're wearing right now, we could get that, I could custom do some things and that may cost us three, four, five thousand dollars in three months of time to do it. Wow. And that's just for that one jacket. Yeah. You know, yeah, we can yeah. put it in different colors, right? But if we do another jacket, it's the same process. Wow. Um, so working that far out, we were actually, the first collection we did sold out. The second collection we did, did pretty well. Um, but it, it was to the point where you, we were kind of at this point where we either had to go hard, like we had to go like way, like way more in like thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars, or we had to kind of like just pull back from there. Okay. Okay. Um, so we decided to pull back from okay. there. Um, we did pretty well. I still have people like customers of mine who are now story customers uh-huh. who were validity customers. And they still, and I have questions going, do you got, you have any more? <laughs> and I do have some samples, like I some like <laughs> tucked back home in North Carolina. Yeah. Um, that's like taking up my mom, like my bedroom. And my mom was like, yeah, what are you going to do right? with all this stuff? I'm like, I don't, I just hold it right now. I got but, that. Get that so basically where it started was one of the pieces that we were doing for validity was this nice custom milled French Terry hoodie. And instead of putting um, normal like cotton cord through the hoodie drawstring, we actually used leather. Okay. Uh, so we used this raw hide cord and I had to go to a leather store to get some of it. 
So as I was going there, I was already interested in like, like getting a new wallet at the time because I had this huge bifold that usually every guy and even girls, you girls carry around these huge clutches that like you only use like five cards, but you carry around 20. We're all guilty of it. Yeah. Now. You know, I was I was carrying around, you know, MVP card to this and that to that. And we're becoming more of a cashless society. Mm-hmm. And even to the point where we're becoming kind of cardless, if you think about Apple Pay and like mm-hmm. all the different Android Pays. So I was carrying all this stuff and I was like, I was trying to approach life with a more minimalistic approach. Cause yeah. I'd rather have the best of the best than having like 15 of like medium stuff, or mm-hmm, like, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. So I, um, was looking, going, uh, looking for a new wallet at the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to see, I grabbed some stuff from the leather store, grabbed some like pricking irons and I grabbed some leather and I was like, and some, like some uh, thread and I was like, I'm going to try. And I made this awful wallet. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was awful. I still have it just to remind myself. But yeah. It was awful, but it was functional. It worked. Okay. And, um, and, uh, I showed it to some friends and stuff like, oh, this is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. And I started redesigning it, redesigning it so I could get something more that was ideal for me. Uh-huh. I was obsessed with things that were, um, like unibody, which I still am now. So instead of combining like three or four or five different pieces of leather to make one wallet, I was more interested in how can I make this one design out of one piece of leather? Okay. Because if I can make it out of one piece, it's much stronger than if I have to bind two, three, four, you know, and we'll get more into like the different stitching I use and stuff, but one piece versus using a bunch of pieces, you always have weak points. So yeah. So I was obsessed with that. So I started recreating the design, recreating the design. So I came up with what is now the Smith wallet that's available now. And I actually started selling that to some of the validity customers. It, it at the time story didn't even have a name. Like okay, there was okay. no name to it. So story officially started in 2015, but I was doing this as of 2014. Wow. Okay. 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 So I started selling it privately to, to some customers to see if it would work. Yeah. And then like after a year, like customers loved it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to see if I can launch another brand. Yeah. So launched another brand in 2015. And that was the Kickstarter I started. Okay. And we raised about $3,000 off the wallet. And then I was like, okay, cool. Boom. And then this is right before I moved to Atlanta. Um, and so then moved to Atlanta and then started kind of picking things up down there in Atlanta. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, what, what was the reason Atlanta just a little bit more, uh, so as far as fashion wise or just, I mean, well, I was so like, don't get me wrong. Love my home. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But, um, I wanted to get to a bigger metropolitan. Okay. Okay. I was just coming out of college. So, uh, fresh out of college and I took a job down there. Um, so I was like, you know, I'll start down in Atlanta. Boom. Went down there. Absolutely love Atlanta. Just, um, the Atlanta Braves actually play the Giants tonight. And I'm going to game. <laughs> All right. But like, yeah, so absolutely love Atlanta. You know, uh, the diversity, the fashion, the Where's styles, the, food? the vibes, man, the food, <laughs> man. Okay. Yeah. It's a, uh, like, I love San Francisco. Yeah. Probably one thing I wish I had more of was Southern food. Yeah. yeah but yeah. the food here, honestly, is, is phenomenal. You have some yeah. great food here. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so moved to Atlanta and just started building the brand down there connecting with some wholesale accounts. I did some trade shows. Um, I've done some trade shows in North Carolina and Atlanta. I've done uh, one in uh, Brooklyn. Okay. Um, so I just did up and down like the East Coast and started mm-hmm. kind of expanding the brand, started really taking it more seriously. Started like trying to get out there to shows and get in front of the public eye. For sure. Social media is great. I think it's amazing for business, but for a lot of the stuff that I do, you know, you're talking about high quality leather goods. People want to be able to touch it and experience it uh-huh. and feel it. So being in front of the customer eye and connecting with that customer and being able 
to bring them into your store and your experience um, has really changes the game for me. Yeah, yeah, um, so yeah. So then I started doing that there in Atlanta, but I always felt like in California, uh, like I, it's something was just drawing me here in it's, general. Okay. Uh, and I knew there were like other makers. I knew this city in general was very entrepreneur spirited. I knew mm-hmm. there's other makers, other a lot more creatives over here. And I was like, man, I just I'd love to just make that jump and just see what it's about. Um, and I've really been enjoying it so far. See, that's cool. So then, as far as your the leather craft, the craft itself, because mm-hmm. you pretty much self taught. Yeah, correct. Yeah, and yeah. It, how do you continue to develop your craft? Honestly, it's, it's, um, there's a lot. There's books out there, and then today's in today's age, like with the internet, you could do. You probably learn brain surgery at this point. <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> I mean, like YouTube the, University. <laughs> yeah, you could. Like anything nowadays, it's really you can't make an excuse for not knowing. Yeah, like there's yeah, too yeah, many yeah. resources, right? But there's a few makers I follow. Um, honestly, some of the people like I probably say you have some amazing leather artisans here in the United States, but some of the best ones I've seen are like in Japan. Okay, and they have just they take it to a whole other level. Wow. Um, okay. And but like I've tried to incorporate some of their style into more of like an American style because like if I showed you pictures of like how some Americans do it versus how like some people over in like Asia do it, uh-huh. it's just too different. But I've tried to incorporate some of both into okay. like what I've done um, because I like I like some of the American stuff, but I also like some of the Asian stuff. So yeah. like um, try to incorporate both of those kind of styles into it. So that I mean that's basically your style, right? So the, how would you describe your style then? It's very very minimalistic. Um, I like the, instead of creating something that has, um, a ton of different pockets, zippers and all this like bedazzles and tooling for me, it was making a product that the quality and just very, the quality of the leather spoke for itself. It was very minimalistic. It was very simple. There's a few designs. If you look at some of my designs, you see some nice curves, some, some points, but Uh nothing too crazy i kind of wanted the i kind of wanted that quality of the leather the thread the color okay to kind of speak for itself my big thing is less is more okay um, okay so instead of adding all these different features on it i just wanted that design to speak for itself and it goes back to um me wanting to approach life in a more minimalistic way yeah um so just less is more that's cool okay so then what what as far as your designs what has been your favorite pieces that you've done i think it's always easy to say like the, the, the last one. yeah the last one. <laughs> the last one is like my most favorite and honestly since starting story i've always wanted to create a bag and that's what i've done with this book bag that i'm doing the story backpack um and it's just it, it's it's been really amazing the whole process to getting to this point of making a bag making a wallet or keychain isn't terribly, I wouldn't say it's terribly complex, but when you make a bag, especially like a unibody bag that doesn't incorporate multiple pieces, when you fold it and you put it together, everything has to really lay exactly how it's supposed okay. to. If you put a bunch of pieces together, you know, there's ways that you can kind of sand this, move this, and make this work. But when you're making things out of one piece, when that whole piece comes together and you're about to rivet it or sew it, those holes and everything needs to line up perfectly. Otherwise, that design almost scraps. Okay, and I okay. have had to scrap. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, like, honestly, the bag, um, I, I want, and this kind of goes a little bit off topic, but I want Story to become a bag company in general. Um, okay, so I always okay. want to do the hand goods. I always want to do the wallets, the um, small things. But 
I want store to be, if you want an overnight bag, if you're going, if you're somebody who's traveling a lot, you're somebody who has business meetings, I want you to think, oh man, I need a new bag. I need a story bag. Like that's what I want the connotation of story to be is a, a bag company and that's tote bags. Like I, like I love the book bag I've made, but I've made some tote bags um, for women and I love that process of making like, I like, I kind of know what guys are looking for, obviously, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's a little bit more satisfying. I have to say when I make a piece that's tailored for a woman and she gets excited about it because I'm like, man, like, like, I don't know what that is, but that just makes me feel good. Cause like, yeah. I don't always know like, like what, like what excites them. There's been things that like, like there's been leathers that I've gotten that I'm like, oh man, every guy's going to love this. And no guys love it, and every girl loves it. I'm like, what? And like, no, sometimes it doesn't. It, I think it's just, it's just, you know, girls and guys sometimes think differently and like yeah. look at things differently. And doing shows has taught me that a lot. Okay. Talking to my friends has taught me that a lot. And then, so I think it's always amazing when I'm able to make a piece for a woman, and she just gets, you know, you can just see that like they light up about that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love so bags in general. I want Story to become a bag company. Cool, and that was going to be like, what's next for Story? And that's that's your, but that's your long term vision. Is there something that you're looking? Are you going into the bag area as we speak? Like you're going yeah. Full so in? so this book bag is going to be essentially that step forward into it. Sweet, and, and it's um, a badass bag, by the way. <laughs> I, I love that I bag. It. So, but yeah, man, I just want to get into the bags like in general so th this is going to be that first step in okay and then i have some other designs i like to get out but i'm going to do a kickstarter for this bag okay and there's just some equipment that i need that i don't have right now um that make things that makes things um, a little bit faster because right now i'm a one-man band there's yeah. only so much you can do for sure um you know when you're hand cutting everything you're hand riveting everything it's just uh you want your output to be you know a little bit faster than what you're doing so i need to bring some equipment in uh, without taking away from the hand um, built yeah. Yeah, aspect yeah, yeah, yeah. of the brand. Yeah. Um, I'd prefer not to, you know, I've, like I said, with Validity, I did um, partner with Factory. So I know that aspect of the business. I know how to do that. Uh -huh. I'm doing my best to not outsource anything. Even if everything I do is American. So like yeah. the leathers, the thread, everything is American made. Uh -huh. But I'm trying not to ever outsource to like an American company. I'd much rather figure out a way to bring equipment in and then be able to hire people in San Francisco to, to be able to work. Yeah, I'd yeah, love yeah. to keep everything as That's cool. everything locally. That's cool. So as far as like living here, do you have a like a lot of leather menu like places to get your leather over um, here? So, or? Um you do have places here that you can get leather from, but uh. the two I two factories that are kind of that are world renowned, honestly, that I use one is wicked and craig um they're based in uh, pennsylvania they've been doing leather since the late 1800s oh wow and then there's another one um called horween and they've been doing leather since the early 1900s they're in okay. chicago okay um they're like i said world-renowned uh tanneries um and you can you know after looking at different makers looking at different designs you know you can buy i mean you can buy leather all over the place uh -huh. uh, but I, I really do go out of my way to source the best yeah. of the best a lot of leathers that I'm, a lot of the leathers I'm using are what's referred to as vegetable tan leathers. Okay. And vegetable tan leathers versus like a lot of leathers that you see if you went to like most apartment stores, if you went to like a, you know, no shade, like a Target or something, you may, you may actually come across like a genuine leather belt um, or genuine leather, but that genuine leather, it doesn't mean not all, all, all leather doesn't, um, 
all genuine leather isn't the same quality. Okay. This, <laughs> all right, you're way. giving me a new, some news right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not all it's not all the same uh, quality. And a lot of times, what you get is in those apartment stores, leathers that have been tanned with heavy chemicals, um, and they're not going through the same processes. Okay. They're not going. They're not at the same quality uh, as the leathers I'm using, and they take two or three days to make. Okay. The leathers I'm making literally take anywhere from four to six weeks. Gotcha. Okay. So you can okay. imagine, and these are time-consuming um, processes. But vegetable tan leather are leathers that are tanned with literally tree bark. Oh, um, wow. And it's a much longer process uh, to get um, the final end result, but you get a much stronger leather. You get something that's going to last 5, 10, 20 years down the road. That's why I feel comfortable um, with like the lifetime warranty I yeah, have yeah, 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 on my that. products. Um, with the design functionality that I put into it and then the leathers I'm using, I'm not worried about if it was going to last 10, 20, 30 years, you know, I, I know what I buy and I know what yeah. I invest in. Uh, and I want my customers to also have that same confidence that they're investing. That, in. so I think that's really cool because you already have your, you're not thinking of short term. You're thinking that long picture. And I think that that's awesome to, to your, your thought process of building your, your company because they will in the long run, 20 years, 25 years from now, you know, you started right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that, that is, that's, that's, that's a really good way. Well then, Oh, and this is what was going to be my question. So if you're, you find the leather in those two sources, yeah. how do you pick the, I mean, you go online and find, or do you know what you're specifically I'm, looking I for? I usually how does it, know, and this is just from years of doing it. Okay. I know, after like a lot of trial and error, yeah. I kind of know what I'm looking for. Okay. So like, I mean, there's, you know, like for instance, like a lot of the belts I use are sort of referred to as bridle leather. Okay. Um, bridle leather is what they use on like the horses, like, like horse racing. Okay. Like when you see, uh, I mean, those straps that they're holding. Um, so it's really strong, durable leather. So I use that for like the belt. So that way you're not getting a belt that's, um, I think everybody's got that belt that like looks, that looks four times bigger after the first year, but uh -huh. it's stretched <laughs> and it's moved around. Now all leather is going to stretch over time. That's uh -huh. just natural. So I'm not saying this won't, but it's a much tighter grain. Um, it's just made for that particular experience. Um, but then I have other leathers that I'll use for different bags or different wallets. It just depends on what I'm looking for. If I want to, like the bag that I've designed for story, I wanted a bag that looked more structured. Okay. Something that you could set down on the ground and it and it didn't kind of like slouch like you see some bags do. Uh -huh. So I used a leather that it was firmer. Uh -huh. um, it's a harness leather. Uh, from Wicked and Craig. So that's what I chose for that. So it just depends. Like everything is very strategic about what leathers I use. It depends on the project and what I'm looking for out of that project. Okay, cool, cool. So then um, through your entrepreneurial journey, what do you wish you knew when you started, when you first started that you know now? <laughs> yeah, I know now. I mean, there's still things I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, I wish... I wish I knew more about kind of like what the customer like it, it thinks. Like, you know, I've, doing shows now, I get more insight about what the customers want. And I uh -huh. use that as like market research as well. For sure. So I, I guess I wish I would have done shows earlier. Like, okay. You know, to, like, just to get out there in front of the customer. Because I probably, that probably took honestly a year and a half or two before I did a show from the very first time I did story. And I wish I would have gotten out. You know, I, you get your friends and your family and don't get me wrong. I don't always get like great advice or yeah. great feedback. For, they, they give it to me straight. Yeah. But they're still biased to a degree. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm always seeking unbiased feedback. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I love when I get unbiased feedback that's like, oh my God, that's amazing and I want to buy it now. That's great. But I also love when I get feedback. It's like, hmm, this could have been, you know, it's like, yeah. so I wish I would have, I wish I would have known to like get more in front of like the customer. Cause like I said, like that's so essential to my business now, like getting in front of the customer and getting that mm -hmm. like experience, especially cause this, you know, brand is still new, uh -huh. you know, and I understand what goes to people's mind. Like I'll be the first one to call the elephant in the room is, you know, I'm three years old into this business and I'm talking about having a lifetime warranty. Uh, when you have like leather good companies right. out there who've been around for hundreds of years or, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and they have a, they have that legacy kind of. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. And so it's, you know, you're doing a lot of footwork on the front end of, with this kind of brand um, to get people to feel confident in what you're doing. Uh -huh. I'm confident in it because I know where I source from. I know how I design it. I know what the designs in the past three years have done. Yeah. And I know how to think five, 10, 20 years in advance yeah, for these yeah, designs. Yeah. But getting in front of the customer is probably the first, the biggest thing I wish I would have known. See, that's cool. Okay. So, the, and then, I mean, you're getting your own, that's your own research right there. What stopped you from um, your initial, you know, not doing shows? Was it? Um, I can't even say like anything stopped me. I just, I just never really thought about doing shows uh -huh. so much. Like, like, I guess it probably crossed my mind, but I was kind of like, Nah, like okay. I was in school at the time, so I mean, like in validity, I was still full time student. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. another part time job, and then uh -huh. like in the story, part time job. And yeah, you know, okay. Like, <laughs> time like, Yeah, I'm like, ah, there's only so much I can do. Okay, it's okay. Like, yeah. Um, okay. But now being able to devote more time to it, it's like you got to get out there. You got to yeah. do these shows. Um, and you know, one thing I probably say to anybody who's trying to start a business too is like research the shows, like. Because, you know, just because the price of admission is this doesn't mean the quality of what you're going to get out is that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd much rather have 10 of the of the right people um, walk by my booth and we talk, even if they don't buy anything. It's like having great conversations, getting yeah. good, good data from them, like market research, hearing their opinions versus a thousand of, of people who walk by and it's kind of admire and it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's, you know, so, you know, go explore those shows if you can or reach out to the people or reach out to like the businesses that you've seen on Instagram who've done that show and ask them their opinion of it. See, that's cool because yeah, I mean, in the past between my entrepreneurial journey, like, yeah, I've done shows and, and I totally know what you're saying where I'm like, you pay, because it's not cheap. I mean, uh, it's freaking, really you pay for the show and then it's like, what the heck am I doing here? <laughs> like, it's, it's like, and they're, 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 and at least the shows that I did, I know you, some of the shows, they, they want to make sure that you qualify for it. Yeah. Like my, no, they'll just take, okay, yeah, we'll have a booth for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, like, yeah. I know you're wrong. I've done shows like that yeah. too, but like a lot of shows I do, you do have to get admitted to it. See, and that's they're cool. trying to make sure that they don't have, you know, a hundred leather people in there and they yeah. want to make sure the ones that have are like the best, the best, or yeah. they're doing things that are slightly different. Like, even if I see a leather maker in a show, I try to go talk to them because oftentimes we're not doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. You will have some like, obviously we'll have some things that kind of like overlap with each other. Yeah. But price points are differently. Usually like bags and walls, they're just different. They're not the same thing. Yeah, um, for sure. And so, yeah, I just talk to them. So I, that's why I wish I've known, get in front of the customer. All right, cool, so, cool, cool. Yeah. And then what's, so what is your typical day like? <laughs> every day is different. Yeah, every day is different. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, mostly getting up in the morning, checking emails first, and then uh, getting right into orders. Um, you know, if there's any orders in queue, then try to knock those out. Uh -huh. um, but the biggest thing that, you know, I guess another thing I wish I would have known is, like, putting more fresh new designs out there okay. as well. 
sometimes it can be, you know, especially in leather, anything fashion related, um, is very expensive on the front end to make. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just, you know, there's material costs, there's time costs, there's, um, all these things, all these factors, but putting, but it's so essential to your customers, like to see new designs, but, Oh, I like that. I've had to like, you, you know, when I put out new designs, I'll have customers who reach out to me. Hey, can you do this? But can you do this thing? And I'm like, everything's made to order. I can do anything you want me to. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But it's putting those designs out there. It's like, so, um, you know, creating new designs, always looking at different, um, different designs for different price points. You have customers who want the best of the best of the best of the best. And you have something for those. And then you have customers who, you know, they want something nice. Uh -huh. They want something nice. And, you know, creating something at like different price points. So right now. Uh, I'm focusing on designs kind of like that meet both of those aspects and kind of like the the range of okay. it. So that's like where the main focus of my time is going. And then I have two shows coming up, mm -hmm. um, one on Treasure Island and then another uh, with West Coast Craft at Fort Mason Center and trying to skip a lot of things pumped out for, the, um, for that show. Um, there's been a few like cool ideas that I want to pump out for those shows uh -huh. that... Um, I'm going to keep quiet about right now. So I can make sure I can have it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, like, I'm always at the shows working though. If anybody ever wants to come out, if, I, if you ever see I'm doing a show, uh, I am out there sewing. I am out there cutting, um, probably making noise and pissing people off. Maybe. <laughs> but like I am out there working. But right now it's, um, you know, pumping out orders, getting new designs out and researching new shows because I'm brand new to sf so yeah um figuring out you know if east bay is the place to go south san uh -huh. francisco maybe go to san jose marin like it's trying to figure yeah. out where i should be at and uh, you know researching all those different places for sure for sure so then i mean as you're doing it i mean as any entrepreneur creative you're always learning as you go right yeah so then what do you continue to do to make sure that your your ongoing success is top of your game what do you specifically do or or generally do i should say it's you know honestly it's it's just trying to for me it's like just trying to like stay on top of things and create like in terms of creating new designs like not feeling like oh i have to create out something new i have to pump out something new mm -hmm. not like that but creating you know new designs that are good like you know good new designs so always trying to think about looking at you know i look at designs i've done I can three years ago and I look at like, man, I could have done that way better. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, so it's always trying to like one up myself a little bit. Uh -huh. Um, not like necessarily like I'm in competition with other makers. I don't look at it like that. Cause I feel like there's plenty of market out here for yeah. everybody. Um, there's plenty of market out here for anybody, you know, so it's, uh, what's, you know, stays on top. I'm just a competitive person in okay. general. And, okay. I, and, and you're I, challenging yourself. Yeah. Yeah. A, I'm my biggest cri critic. I'm yeah. my biggest competition. So it's trying to one up myself, trying to create things and trying to educate customers too. Just like we've talked about how, you know, all genuine leather isn't the same. We can yeah. go down a long yeah, 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 tunnel yeah. of this, but, um, educate customers and trying like, even on my Instagram show more of what is involved in the process. Cause there's a lot of things that are involved with hand making leather goods. And this is not just me, this is for everybody who does this kind of crap. There's a lot of things that you do that the customer is never going to see. And okay, the customer yeah, is yeah, never yeah. going to realize you did it. And that is good and bad all at the same time. Cause like, you know, you know, one part of it's like, I've really gone above and beyond for the customer. I've really done it. And another part is like, you know, it's like, damn, no one's gonna ever see this. It's like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so it's like, um, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, you, you, that, 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 and when that happens, but yeah. So trying to just one up myself and trying to create new, uh, new designs that are, you know, quality. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I try not to, 
do a design that you could just walk into any department store. You can walk in any trade show and you see, I, I really try to focus on something that's innovative um, on the design aspect, but also at the same time, focusing on those principles of being very super um, sim simplistic, uh -huh. minimalistic. You know, you, I probably am never going to be that guy who's going to make a bag that has a bajillion zippers and organi organized. Like if yeah. that's the bag you want, I can point you in 10 directions. Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. won't be that person for you. That's cool. I mean, you, that's your style and your design. You talked about which is your social media, right? And I actually was when I was going through your social media, I actually really dig that. And everyone should start following that, by the way. Story Dry Goods Co., right? Is that yeah. the handle, right? Story Dry Goods. Um, story with an eye. With an eye, yeah. Um, because, yeah, you do get to get a back backseat of your process like you and, and and i also like the way you do your quotes the videos and the the, the pictures and and you brushed on it and that is that kind of the strategy with your social media as far as to kind of give someone a inside look of through your eyes of what you're doing yeah behind I, think, the brand? I think the biggest thing is you know like is educating customers like even if you wanted to come by the show and you wanted to talk to me you didn't want to buy anything i i could completely understand that so like for me it's educating you on quality goods because mm -hmm. i'm big on this whole um, you know, a quote that I probably have taken from somebody is um, buy less, choose well. Um, so it's, you know, I'd much rather, even if you're not going to buy from me, I'd much rather you buy something that's, you know, let's say there's a, let's say there's object A is $200, object B is $50. I know object A is going to last 10 years and object B is going to last three. And it's like, which one's a better investment if we look at the full, the long run? So I, I'd much rather at least educate you on like your decision and your buying decision and kind of what you should be looking for. And so, yeah, right now it's just educating the customers, um, educating anybody, um, you know, and it, it, not saying like I am like this well of knowledge and I know all because there's a ton of stuff I don't know. Yeah. And I'll be the first one to admit it. But I, I do know quite a lot from from trial and error and reading and just, you know, experiencing, but, you know, educating people. Yeah. Um, that's like my biggest thing when it comes to social media and letting people know like what goes into this process, um, you know, and what you should be looking for. If uh -huh. you're someone who's interested in this, this is what you should be looking for. This is what you should be focused on. Cool. See, that's really cool. So then as far as um, we're going to talk about your inspiration. Um, so the acronym WIDWID, why I do what I do. What is your WIDWID? What's your inspiration? Why I do what I do. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Wood, wood. Um, <laughs> why do what I do? Honestly, I guess, it, you know, I guess I'd have to kind of go a little bit back being an entrepreneur in general. Like I like freedom, like the freedom to do what I want to do when I want to do it. What makes me happy? Um, what wakes me up in the morning? Like that's like, that's what I want, you know, and, and freedom doesn't equal money. Right. You know, it's like I always like to like clarify that, like being an entrepreneur, like I don't need millions of dollars. Like, I just want to be able to like, man, I want to go to Belize today. Like, you know, like, you know, and like just go to be able to work on leather on an island somewhere or just be able to just go hang out and then, you know, spend, like I said, I can get lost in my studio for 12 hours doing leather work and like literally not eat and lose all track of time. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just like, because I'm passionate about crafting, I'm passionate about designing, um, I'm passionate about having that freedom to do those things that wake me up in the morning that I'm excited about. Um, you know, so like just having that freedom, like okay. that's the biggest thing for me. Why, why I do what I do is having the freedom to be able to explore my passions. You know, it's so like, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. All right, why that's I do cool. What I do. That's awesome. That's awesome. So then, um, kind of just closing it up, um, the next big question, <laughs> one's a little bit, uh, one's a quick question and then the other one's a little bit deeper, but how do you want to define your legacy? 
Um, man, that's that's a tough one. I mean, well, I haven't dropped my mixtape yet, so <laughs> I can't, can't talk about my rap career. My legacy, I just want to go down as like somebody who explored their passions and was successful at it and was able to give that inspiration to um to other people even if it's only just one one other person i hope that someone else could kind of look at the blueprint i did and maybe and do it better um but just look at like how i took risk and like look at what i've done and you know and say i'm gonna do that too like i'd I love to be able to just be someone who inspires people to go explore um their passions no matter whatever music dance art a financial advisor, you know, what, you know, whatever it is, you know, go after it. Um, you know, life's too short and, you know, and there's tons of stories out there of people who, some of my best friends are entrepreneurs who failed multiple times over and over and over again. And the people who are successful are just the people who failed the most. That's, that's really just until something clicked. And the thing mm -hmm. is you only have to be right once. Yeah. And that's, that's like, true. you can, you can be wrong hundreds of times. You only have to be right one time seriously uh, so and that's the biggest thing it's like you know to be able to pass that inspiration on other people to uh, be able to explore your passions awesome all right and then the last one is t finish this sentence tori is a hustler just a go-getter just do it by any means necessary make it happen um you know gritty no excuses and um just dedicate it Cool, man. All right. So then uh, in closing, why don't we, um, as far as if you want to talk about your social media platforms um, and then your website, yeah. uh, as far as uh, what social media are you on besides Instagram? Um, so right now, the biggest things I use are Instagram and Facebook. Okay. Um, I need to set my Twitter game up again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so story, uh, S-T-O-R-I, um, dry goods co co and the same thing on facebook mm -hmm. and then it's the same thing uh for the uh, url for the website so okay. story drive goods co dot com dot com cool yeah. cool cool, yeah. cool cool and then uh lastly and obviously once your uh, scotch parlors podcast story comes out i'll make sure everything's linked on the the, the story page so we'll have that and um and as far as your upcoming shows is people can come by and say hi to you and yeah, and yeah. Talk I'll, have, to you. I'll have everything posted on the instagram um and so you I mean just check out the show it's like if you're ever in sf um area i'll be trying to look at shows all up and down the west coast to do um you know ideally you know five to ten years from now i'll have a store on the west coast and a store on the east coast so people can just come by whenever um but yeah so just uh, stick to um, uh, stick to the Instagram uh, and the, the Facebook social media platforms, and I'll be posting everything about it. Perfect, Tori. And this is awesome, man. You're the real deal, and uh, appreciate I appreciate it, your your time here. And it's uh, I'm excited for story. <laughs> All right, buddy.